0: Good morning. So glad that you could join us today. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, that there is nothing, there is nothing that our God cannot do. Oh man, how good is that? In a time in which we so desperately need the the touch of of Christ in our life, the, the healing power of our God, the encouragement, the strength, the the energy that we receive from God. i Nothing could be better and nothing could be greater than to know that there's absolutely nothing that's impossible for God. Thank you for that promise, Lord. And I pray in these moments that we're together and as we're worshiping today, Lord, I pray that your presence would fill every room. Lord, if someone happens to be listening as they're driving, fill that car with the presence of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that there would just be an incredible outpouring of your love and your goodness and your grace and your peace in whatever location we may find ourselves today. We pray this today in the strong and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen, amen. So good, so good to be with you today. And I trust that this Sunday, is a good Sunday. Every Sunday's a good Sunday. Every day is a good day. In fact, Scripture would say this, this is the day the Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. So happy Sunday. Glad you could be joining with us today at Crossroads Church. We're delighted that you would take some time and be with us today. You know, I don't know. Do you remember this guy? You remember this guy? I know, I know, I know, I know. Here he is again, Bert Lar, cowardly Lion. But you know, what, what's not to love about this character? And you say, well, Gary, why are you doing that? Well, if you are here last week, if you were with us last week, rather, you know that what I did is I, I did the entire monologue from The Wizard of Oz and The Cowardly Lion, and all about courage. Now, I don't do it as good, I know. But you know what's so funny, and we talked about courage last week, and in fact, we're going to talk about courage again today, courage part two, but one of my friends this past week, here's what they did. They said, you know, every time I'm going to hear, I hear courage, now I'm going to think of Gary being in a lion suit. Well, it just so happens if that wonderful friend is watching today on our YouTube page, you're going to see me in a lion suit, so there you go. You've got you've got even more that you can. Uh, I guess maybe some baggage. I'm not sure what it is, but anyway, what what is so significant about this is the word courage. And in our series of messages from the Book of Philippians, we're talking about joy regardless. And that is really seeing about ten years after Paul was in Philippi, he now writes a letter to this church, and that's and what's so extraordinary here is Paul's in jail, and yet, even in circumstances that are less than positive, he still has joy regardless. That's really amazing to me. And, and, you know, our conditions today in May 2020, they're not ideal. I, I think you would probably agree with me. They're not ideal. And really, I do believe it takes courage for us to deepen And sustain our joy. And so we talked about that last week. We're going to talk about it again today. But before we do, I want to just review very, very briefly uh, a little bit about what we talked about last week. You remember this incredible quote from Winston Churchill. Churchill said that fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. I really like that. And it is something that I believe should get deep into our hearts because it's really true. We can react to certain things in fear or we can decide to have courage. And I think even in the midst of our present conditions, which are less than ideal, we've already said that, we can, we can react with fear or we can choose to be courageous. I choose courage. So we talked about a couple of things last week from chapter 1. The first thing that we mentioned was, was courage and adversity. Now, Paul is just, you know, he's admitting his conditions aren't particularly great. He's in jail, and that's an adverse condition. All of us face adversity of a variety of kinds. So what we did is we, as we talk about adversity, how do, how do we maintain? How do we deepen? How do we sustain our joy regardless? How do we have courage in the midst of adverse Conditions and so I gave three different ways that we can do that, and the first one is just simply to remember God's promises. God's promises don't change. The second thing is that we need to just focus our our focus on and be confident in the presence of God. And the third thing was to prioritize the Word of God, obey God's Word, let God's Word consume your life. You consume God's Word, so. Adverse conditions are going to come, but we can have joy regardless in the midst of them when we put these three things into practice. The second thought last week was courage and priority. Courage and priority. Paul mentions individuals in verses 15 to 18. Here's what he does. There's some people that have been speaking and really, I think, taking advantage of Paul's imprisonment. And then his response is just legendary. He says, what does it matter? And here's why he said that. As long as Christ is preached, everything's okay. What he did is he prioritized the more important things. And for us, I do believe at times it's going to take courage for us to prioritize the right things. But what are those right things? What are those priorities that reinforce and build courage within us? Four things. My relationship with God has to be number one. More than anything, God has to be number one. Second is our family. Our family. Third is how we care for ourselves. And then fourth is our vocation. And honestly, at times it requires courage for us to have those in the right order. Our vocation can certainly jump way to the top of that list, push our family aside, push our relationship with God aside. And it's out of of place. It's it's not supposed to be there. And, And at times it's going to take courage to get them in the right order. But when we do... When we do, joy is a result. Paul helps us with that. So today we're going to talk about two more thoughts on courage. So we talked about courage and adversity, courage and priority. So, two things today. The first one is this courage and mortality. Courage and mortality. And we're reading from Philippians chapter one, beginning at verse 18, second half of verse number 18. Look at it with me. Yes. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Philippians has a very, I guess you could say, large quantity of quotable verses. And this is one of them. Here we find in verse 21, where he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's such a cool verse. You know, I love that verse. You know, it's optimistic, it's triumphant, and it talks about death. You go, what? It talks about death? Yeah, it talks about death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, some of us are just not real comfortable talking about our own mortality. We're not comfortable talking about death. In fact, over the years, I've met numerous people who've never been to a funeral or a memorial service. They struggle even with the thought of death. They struggle with, they're they're fearful of, of what dying is going to quote unquote feel like. Now there is actual a there's an actual phobia connected to the fear of death, and it is, you know, it's thanatophobia. I think I'm pronouncing that right, or thanatophobia, something like that. Now that's an extreme fear of death. Now most of us wouldn't have that. That is a that is a real serious condition. But where we sit today, May 2020. uh, there's this thing running around called COVID-19 and many, many people worldwide have died from it. So what ends up happening is by, by the, the very sake of conditions that we find ourselves within, here's what happens. We begin to think about death. We're having to face our own mortality what, or, or the mortality of, of friends and God forbid family, but it comes into our thinking You know something? It's going to require courage for us to face our own mortality in a way that honors God. And Paul helps us just by that phrase, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That is a powerful, powerful verse. So what I want to do is I want to give you a few things. Now, I don't use alliteration very often. In fact, I consider myself... (laughs) Hi. A, a recovering illiterate, okay? Now you can look that up later. Alliteration is just using uh, the same letter to begin a word so that it becomes a memory device. That's all. I used to use it a lot. I don't anymore, unless it happens very naturally. And it kind of happened naturally here. So what I want to do is I want to give you some thoughts that I really believe help us understand how courage how courage helps us deal, or, or I guess you could say, Uh, how we deal with our own mortality. The first one is this, how Paul does. The prayers, the prayers of the people. The prayers of the people. You see, Paul has courage because the people in Philippi are praying for him. He acknowledges that very clearly. So I want to ask you a question. Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? There are certain commands in Scripture that we need to be obedient to, that we pray for our leaders, we, we pray for those in authority over us. Yes, we, we should pray for, uh, there's a variety of things, yes. But who are you praying for? I have a prayer list. And what I've learned is the older I get, the, the longer my prayer list grows, and that's just fine. But I want to be faithful in prayer. When I pray for people, something happens. There's an encouragement that happens naturally as we pray for somebody. And I just want to say, I know that people are praying for me and i am so grateful for that and i feel the strength and the encouragement and i believe that i can be more courageous because of your prayers courageous in life courageous in in, in every in every avenue of life and that is that's amazing to me and what it does, it also it deepens, it sustains my joy regardless of what may be going on around me. Prayers make a difference. Don't underestimate. Look at this. Don't underestimate the power of your prayers to affect change, declare healing, and sustain joy. And then I add this: Don't stop. Keep praying. It's a great scripture in 1 Samuel 12, verse 23. Samuel is kind of saying goodbye to the nation of Israel. It's his farewell address. And this is what he said. They, had, they wanted a king. He, they've gotten a, he, they have a king now. But look at what he says. I would be disobeying the Lord if I stopped praying for you. Wow. That is that that's a challenging statement, isn't it? I'd be disobeying the Lord if I stopped praying. So let's not. Second thing is the provision of the Holy Spirit. So the prayers of the people, and now the provision of the Holy Spirit is the second. He has courage due to the provision of the Holy Spirit. You see, God is doing something supernatural on Paul's behalf. And for us to have courage in the midst of everything, to deal with our own mortality, we need something supernatural to occur within us. What if we were to pray for those on our prayer list to be filled, guided, and directed of the Holy Spirit? Oh, my goodness. It would look something like this. God, give them greater love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, Lord, faithfulness, pour it out in their life. Wow. Wow. Courage rises up through the supernatural and dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. The third is the positive assurance of eager expectation. Now, that's a mouthful. I know it is. But... (laughs) Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. Now, I use a different translation here, and I'm using it from the ERV, which is the Easy Reader's Version, okay? So here's what it says. I am full of hope and feel sure I will not have any reason to be ashamed. I am certain I will continue to have the same boldness to speak freely that I always have. i let God use my life to bring more honor to Christ. It doesn't matter whether I live or die. You see, Paul has courage because of his positive attitude. This is just amazing. And he says these words, full of hope, feel sure, not have any reason, certain boldness, whether I live or die. His positive attitude is reinforcing courage within his life. The fourth is the peace of a secure future. The peace of a secure future. Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live, and I know I've used it again, but look at it. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Can we honestly say that? Can you say that? Paul can say it because he has, he has a secure future. He knows to whom he belongs. He knows to whom he belongs. And whether that is in this life or the next life, he is secure. I would just ask, are you? Are you secure in your future? You know, I, that's where courage comes from, is having a secure, being secure in what future is. Paul is secure. And for him, death is irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether he lives or whether he dies. He belongs to Christ. He, he's, he's okay. What a way to live life. But for some of us, it takes courage. It takes courage. And we need, to have a sec- we need to be secure in our future. You know, life can be hard. It can be very uncertain. It can be lonely. But remember this. Remember this. Proverbs 23. Always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you. Man, that's good. John 10.10, you you may know this one. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. One reason people fear death is is simply they don't have any hope in or beyond this life. There's just no hope. There's no hope. But you see, in Jesus there is. Not only is there hope, but there's life. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 11. He said, Jesus told her, speaking to Martha, uh, on the after the death of, uh, of their brother Lazarus, this is what Mar- Jesus said to Martha. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me. In me will never die. Talk about security. Talk about having courage with our own mortality. There it is. It's in Christ. Can I I encourage you today? Put your trust, put your faith, choose Christ today. He will bring the security that all of us need for our present and for our future. The fifth thing is the power of purpose. Power of purpose. Paul's courage is reinforced by a purposeful life. And, you know, I I looked at this so, so much this week. But what struck me is how Paul frames some words. He says, Paul spoke of fruitful labor. He he said that he would continue with them for their progress and, and the joy of their faith and that their joy in Christ would overflow. What is he talking about? He's talking about purpose. You see, if Paul lives, he has purpose. If he dies, he has gain. But in the midst of this, considering his own mortality, if if I'm here, I'm going to be filled with the purpose that God has for me. And here's here's what I want you to grab onto. Paul understood something very profound. He understood that he belonged to God. He was God's. And until God was done with Paul, everything's good. And the same is true for each of us. God has a plan and a purpose for your life to invest in your children, your grandchildren, to be the best employer that you can be. Be a godly man, a godly woman, a godly young adult, godly teenager, principled with integrity, setting an example for everyone around us. There's purpose in that. To live life without purpose, oh, it's not good. In fact, Rick Warren said it this way. The greatest tragedy, the greatest tragedy is not death. It's not death. It's what? It's life without purpose. I could not agree more. Acts chapter 13 and verse 36, we read, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. In other words, when God, when David was done, when God had fulfilled everything through David's life, then, then was the next stage. Powerful, powerful. Purpose reinforces courage. In the face of Paul's own mortality, his desire was what? It was for sufficient courage. And then because of it, as that manifested itself in Paul's life, joy resulted. The second thing this morning is courage and community. Courage and community. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved in that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw and I had, and now hear that I still have. This is a, uh, a powerful passage of scripture. Recent research shows that the need to connect with others is as basic as a need for food, water, and shelter, writes UCLA professor Matthew Lieberman. I believe with all of my heart that connection, community is hardwired into our DNA. I don't believe isolation is the way that we're to live our lives. And if, I'm telling you, connections are absolutely important. In fact, they're beyond important according to Dr. Lieberman. He is saying that this is something that is as basic as the need for food, water, and shelter. Man, I, I couldn't—I really completely agree with him, as a matter of fact. And if there's ever been a time in your life or in my life to be connected and to see the value of connection, it's now. But honestly, it takes courage to be in community. It takes courage to share life with one another. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be open with each other. Not only that, we have to be willing. <laughs> just, just honestly, we have to be willing. Isolation is never good. And to self-isolate is even worse, to do it on purpose. Now, some of you are, are probably saying, "You just Gary, you don't understand. I am so much enjoying this social distancing. This is fabulous. I know, that's all the introverts, I get it. All the extroverts, are they can't take this. This has got to be done. This has got to be over. My point is, is that we need connections and we need them as the people of God. We need godly connections. We need to be in community. We need to be sharing life. How many times have you heard this phrase over the last few months? We're in this together. And as a Christ follower, nothing could be more true. We are in this together. Now, as we follow Christ, as we follow Christ, remember, we are in this together together. So three thoughts, three thoughts that really build courage through community. The first is this, live worthy lives. Paul is very clear. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a way that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. One of the Greek words, actually the New International took six words to define one Greek word. And that Greek word really means this is what it means it means the, the life of a citizen or citizen life as a citizen this would have been very significant to the, the residents of philippi philippi was a roman colony now it was somewhat it was very separated from rome but it had been settled and then it became a roman colony so they had the rights and the responsibilities of roman citizenship so paul is saying to those who were there live live like a citizen of god's kingdom live like a citizen of God's kingdom. That says, uh, that says so much. And honestly, sometimes it takes courage to live that way. But in community, it is, I don't know that I would say it's easier, but it's certainly, maybe it is easier. It's just easier to walk with someone in our faith than it is to do it alone. Knowing that someone that iron can sharpen iron, knowing that when, when I am in a place where I need someone to, to pray with me, I have someone, or, or when my life has kind of gotten, I've taken a right or a left turn off of the path that I should be walking as a follower of Christ, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, to have someone else help me. Hey, Gary, get me. This is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. In community, in community, honestly, we, need, we can learn to live lives worthy of the calling that is upon our life as Christ followers. Hebrews 10, verse 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You see, that's the spurring on. We're helping others. We're doing this in community. James 3:13. if you're wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. You see, we live worthy lives together. The second thing is that be in unity, be in unity. Paul says it this way, one spirit, one man. That's significant. Jesus prayed that we would be in unity, that we would be one. I wonder, sometimes we're just not, and there's some really small, petty things that, (laughs) that keep us from being in unity. God, forgive us for that. Unity. If you look at the word community, it's right there. This shared life is to be together. We're to be in unity. We need to put down some of the petty things and, and focus in on the things that are most important. In fact, Paul would say it this way, contending for the gospel. That's another translation. But he says, for the faith of the gospel, we need to be as one man, one spirit. For the gospel's sake. Wow. And it sometimes takes courage. It takes courage to lay down our own preferences so that we can, in one, in one accord, in one accord, move in a particular direction that pleases God, mostly pleases God. We live lives, we live lives in unity. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter four. He says, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all, in all and living through all. Unity means that we are in this together, together. The third thing is be courageous, is to be courageous. Paul says it this way, he uses just three words, without being frightened, without being frightened. I wonder I wonder, we've already talked a little bit about, you know, this, the, the, when you talk about courage, you kind of have to talk about fear. I mean, that's kind of the way things are. You know, the cowardly lion, even, you go back to him. You know, what, <laughs> he was afraid, he needed courage so he could overcome his fears. And, and Paul says, don't be frightened. You see what's happening. Now, I think we all know this. We should know this by now after, this is like the fifth week in, in the book of Philippians. Paul's in jail, that's not the best place to be. And he is, he does not know whether he will ever exit that jail alive. Death may be very close. And so he's there because of the opposition to the gospel. That's why he's there. He's in jail because of opposition to the gospel. And he is saying, You, you guys are going to go through this too. You're going to suffer like I have suffered. This it, is. This is kind of the natural thing for a believer. But what he says is significant. He says, don't be frightened. You know something? We're in a season of time that is beyond anything I have ever experienced. This is the first time in my life, and maybe in your life as well, that you have not been able to worship together in a public place. We can't do that. We're gathering online today, and I'm grateful for that. And I, I believe that our reach is being extended far beyond anything that we've ever seen, and I'm grateful for that. So first time in my life that, I've never, uh, that I have not been able to worship in person. And when I read this, that there's opposition, that's the reason Paul was in jail, that there was an opposition to the gospel. Can I be honest? I kind of feel that way right now. I feel that there's a pushback. There's a pushback on the church. There's a pushback on, on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our response is to do what? Not be frightened. In, in fact, I, Marcy read something this week that was just striking. A Jewish. This was a Jewish man. He was writing. He said. The the, the present conditions that we're experiencing, and you're ready for this, I want you to catch these two words. He says, the way that I'm looking at it is a dry run, a dry run of persecution to the church, a dry run of persecution to the church or of the church. And he said this, he says that when true persecution comes or when persecution heats up, we will look back to 2020 as when it began. Now that, that'll hang with you. That can be startling. But what's our response? To be courageous, to not be frightened, to not be frightened. You see, we do this together. We're standing side by side, arm and arm, linked together as the people of God in the United States and around the world contending as one for the faith in unity, and we are not going to be frightened. Paul is just, he is just exuding this this everlasting joy regardless in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. And he is saying to the church, be courageous, be courageous. Look at what Peter wrote, 1 Peter chapter 4, friends, when life gets really difficult, Don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. Come on now, come on now. We should all be getting amen right now. That's that's a great amen. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It is the spirit of God and his glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it a second thought. Be proud, I love this, be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. So if you find life difficult because you are doing what God said, take it in stride, trust him. He knows what he's doing and he will keep on doing it. Amen, amen, that's good, that's good. And that's exactly where we are. So today. What do we do? Courage, courage and our mortality. How how are we facing that? And courage and community, we're doing this together. So as we bring our time to a close, I wanna just one more time go back to Winston Churchill's quote. And here's what Churchill said, fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. And I challenge you today, be courageous in all things. Look at your mortality, consider our mortality. We're all mortal beings, yes. If we, but if we approach this in a godly way, in a way that Paul has outlined for us, we can say with Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And remember, we're doing this together. We're in this together. We stand arm in arm, side by side. Grateful for that. I'm grateful for your partnership. I'm grateful that we're in community together. There are ample reasons to react with fear in May of 2020. We got them all, but let's decide to live with courage. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. And I pray, oh God, that you'll work within us. You will just destroy fear in the name of Jesus. Let it be gone. Let it be gone. And let courage rise up. Let us not react with fear, but let us decide to be courageous. Lord, for our own mortality, I know that some of us, we just deal with that differently and and difficultly. But God, give us peace in a secure future and let us come to you in faith believing that you are the resurrection and the life and we believe in you we'll never die so we're going to put our trust and our hope in you and i pray lord that that we would understand the value of community that god it is so important for us to be together in the things that we are experiencing lord we desperately need one another and i pray lord that even in these in these moments of time we will figure out ways to connect, and to grow deeper in our relationship with you and with each other. In all of these things, we give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, as we close, I want to ask you a question. Do you have peace in a secure future? If you don't, you can. Can I encourage you, may I invite you to ask Jesus into your life. If we believe in him, he will save us and life everlasting is ours. So just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me. I pray, Lord, that you will take the control of my life. Lord, I lay it aside and I give it to you. And I pray today that just be my Savior. Come and give me a piece of a secure future and let that begin today. I confess you as Lord. I declare you as my Savior. And I believe today that you are alive and you are forgiving me and giving me new life. And I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today or if you need prayer of any kind, would you please text us? We wanna know, we wanna we want journey that with you, but we also wanna pray with you. And you can text, I choose Christ. I need prayer and let, let us know what that is. It's a very private request. We will honor that, but we'll be praying for you. 951-331-5167. We look forward to connecting with you. And listen, we look forward also, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning at 7.14 a.m. as we continue our 40-day prayer challenge. Bless you, so glad that you're with us today. Have a marvelous Sunday. Blessings, we'll see you soon.